So you're in biblical soul care class. Uh, Barack and I are going through a series on the fruit of the Spirit of Galatians 5, and we are ready for the fourth one today, and it's going to be patience. And I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but maybe of the nine, this might be one that I probably uh, need pretty bad. So maybe it's right that the Lord is having me teach this. I don't know. That we usually learn the most, right? Brock yeah. just teaching and preparing. But so if you got patience figured out, you can. Uh, we'll all close our eyes and you can leave the room. <laughs> I'm guessing that you also might be in a place where uh, patience is something that's needed in in your life. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So really the purpose and the goal here today is just to know the patience of God and through the Spirit produce patience that honors the Most High God. So I want to say up front that much of the material, that are a lot of the material in the lesson today is from this book, The Excellencies of God by uh, Terry Johnson, which I ran on to a couple years ago and have found extremely helpful. But uh, chapter three in this book is about patience. And so I pulled some of his material. I thought it was so good. Like, uh, we're going to study patience. We need to start with, with uh, the one who is patient. Uh, is defined as patient. In Romans 15.3, called the God of patience. So uh, he is patient, and we're going to... Basically, it's a two-part outline. Uh, doesn't say it in, in that way, but we're going to study God and how patient he is and then try to apply and replicate that in our own life. That's basically what I want to accomplish either today or today and next week. We'll see how far we get uh, in, this, in this outline. So a question for you, a couple questions. How do you define patience? Let's kind of go with where where are we starting from here, and then we'll go to the Word and look at look at the God of patience and, and define that more. But how would you define patience? I could be really patient and waiting on it. <laughs> Being content, okay. There's a, I would say, a piece of patience is content, particularly when we're in trials. Being content to, to, uh, not being impatient, being content with this is what the Lord has ordained for me. Good. What else? Yeah, I was thinking contentment and waiting. Waiting. Just, just mm-hmm. yeah, specifically. I was also thinking of the the phrase uh, long suffering <clears throat> or or even slow to anger <clears throat> attributes of God because <clears throat> there are actually uh, companion <laughs> definitions of patience in fact some of your translations I don't think I put it on the front page but often patient and patient and long suffering go together and particularly in the Old Testament 
the phrase slow to anger is used where patience is the meaning of it. So very good. Yeah. Long suffering. That kind of defines patience, right? Suffering long. We're going to get to it in a little bit, but um, that's basically what it means. To Lovingly enduring. Lovingly enduring. Very good. There's a, a piece of patience. Sometimes patience and perseverance are their cousins. And so endurance and perseverance are similar words that are related to patience. So yeah, it's suffering injury over a, a long period of time. One that I like personally is restraint when provoked. Uh, when you're provoked, do you restrain yourself? Is there self-control? Is there uh, waiting? You wait or do you react? Are you reactive? Saying uh, somebody who's patient is not reactive, that they're more mild and uh, measured when they're pressured or provoked or meet resistance. Anybody else? What was that one you just said? I wanted to write it down. Restraint when provoked. Restraint when provoked. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, you're, you're not patient just for a short time, right? You're continuously patient mm -hmm. is important. Otherwise, you get to the point where you're not patient anymore. <laughs> yeah. Perry said it's something you <clears throat> lovingly endure. It's a period, there's a period of time in it. It's internal, not just external. Internal, not. Externally patient, but internally hating and despising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. I think there's an element of like, um, it's purposeful. There's not, <clears throat> just be patient, just put up with things for no reason, just to be nice. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a, I'm being patient as we work toward this thing that we're trying to get to. So there's, I think there's some intentionality with patience. Okay. When you're training your children, there's something you want to, to the end to be, or you know, waiting in traffic. It's like there's a there's an end to it. So I'm being patient with the end in mind. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And often there's <clears throat> when we're being tested with patience, there is a purpose in it. God gives has a purpose in that, an intentionality with that. Who do you look to? Second part of the question: To whom do you look, or to what do you look? to find the definition. So I think that's, and we'll get to that some more, but that's uh, where you go to find out what patience looks like. Well, hopefully your answer to that is to the Word of God and to God Himself. How has the patience of God impacted your life? Or has it? Not dead. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I'm not dead. <clears throat> you seem to always have to learn the same lesson over and over again. So just his kindness towards me and reteaching me. Yep. Learning the same lesson over and over in case you couldn't hear that in the back. Uh, it seems like when a person has a particular besetting sin or whatever that you have to learn, you have to, I don't know, the Lord keeps teaching you over and over again. 
in that area. So yeah, he's very patient with us in that way. Brock said, we're not dead. What do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, like in his righteousness, we deserve his wrath and condemnation immediately when we sin. And he is patient and does not give that to us. Yeah. Can you add that up a little bit? I can go ahead here. Um, so in our in our sinfulness and God's righteousness, he, he should and he would be right to immediately kill us whenever we sin. And so his patience is amazing in that he does not give us that when we deserve it. That's kind of the whole major point of the patience of God is get to. And the fear of God comes when you read examples where he has done that in scripture. And our first instinct is praise God. His righteous wrath was shown because his holiness was not his holy commands were not obeyed but rather God why weren't you patient right but instead he was right in striking them dead immediately and that's what we deserve I think the patience of God is on display immediately after the sin of Adam and Eve right like um, he could have justly I mean, if you want to look at all of his attributes, patience is the one that holds back the holiness and the purity of God until uh, the justice of God is, is employed. It's, a, it's really an amazing, amazing uh, attribute of God. Yes, I think uh, the t- timing of our salvation, uh, his patience is on display, like first sin, that could, could have been. after a salvation because we have more knowledge and more understanding through the Holy Spirit now but we still continue to sin um, and in scripture he, I think it was talked about in a sermon, he makes it clear how knowledge is more responsibility and more accountability um, but he's still patient with us in our sins even when we have that knowledge and understanding that he gave us yeah there's a our whole life of sanctification it's like you come to realize oh this is an area where I've been falling short of the mark the glory of God in this area it's like he's been enduring he's been patient with me showing me now but he's been patient with me and that's just an ongoing thing over and over in our sanctification well question if somebody wants to answer this they can but to what extent has the spirit has has spirit produced patience been integrated into your life? So that's a question, not not to induce guilt here or shame or anything like that necessarily. It's just uh, a question to set us up for the study in terms of is that happening in your life? Spirit produced patience. Of being integrated into your life. I think we all want that. So it's a question you can kind of answer yourself. Well, God is patient. This is a, the first point I want to make and want to look at numerous scriptures and just some, um, some thoughts as well. I think one of the key verses on the patience of God is found in 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slow, slowness, 
but is patient toward you. So we can say the Lord is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So one of the purposes of God's patience is repentance. To bring us to salvation. To bring us to reconciliation. I want you to note that the statement, but is patient toward you. This is a highly personal statement. So how does the patience of God impact you? It's very highly personal here. It's patient toward you. Not wishing that you would perish, but you should reach repentance. This is Peter writing uh, to, to, to churches. People within, within the church. And this is in the context of Second Peter, this particular is pulled out of the context of people are saying, well, where is this coming? It's been going on and on forever, and we don't see him coming back. And, well, Peter injects this statement, but he's patient towards you. The reason you haven't seen him come back yet is he's patient. He wants to bring people to salvation. move on to the, another passage out of Exodus 34.6 and this is out of one of the defining texts of the whole scripture about the character and nature of God this is when Moses wants to see God's glory and the Lord gives him a glimpse of that the Lord passed before him that's Moses and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious Slow to anger. So, Miles, there's your slow to anger used often in the Old Testament. And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness out of Exodus 34, 6. That passage really defines the character of God like very few others do. Uh, slow to anger kind of in the Hebrew kind of has an interesting connotation of heavy nostrils. Like you think of a... Uh, horse flaring their nostrils, so heavy would mean it's hard to get to get flared up, to get angry. So heavy <coughs> nostril, uh, kind of the Hebrew old way of looking at it. Is that the same as uh, long nosed? Long nosed? Yeah. Yep. yep. Exactly. <clears throat> That's the way some people would say it. Long nosed. Take. Uh, Talked to my son-in-law on this just to <clears throat> said, yeah, the heavy, heavy nostril is really a, a good definition of it. think of nostrils as being heavy, right? To, you know, if you were to put 10 pounds on here, how how much could you <laughs> take a lot of provocation to to move that? Psalm 86:15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. <clears throat> and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Isaiah 30:18. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. I, I looked at that. And this isn't the point of our lesson, but look at that for a minute. Look at the heart of God. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. That is not always what people think of when they think of God. They think of Him as more uh, somebody who's dealing out retribution and discipline and, and punishment. But 
right here it is. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, because He longs to be gracious to you, He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for Him. Romans 9.22 What if God, although willing to demonstrate and His wrath and make His power known, so he's, he's willing to demonstrate His wrath and make His power known, but He endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Like He could, you know, boom, I'm going to destroy them, but He endures vessels of wrath who've been prepared for destruction with much patience. Think of Paul's life in this next one, 1 Timothy 1.16. What a... Uh, what a, an example of somebody who was provoking God over and over. In fact, when he was converted, Jesus said, you're, you're persecuting me. Paul's persecuting the church. But he was really persecuting Jesus. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? And so he says this, Yet for this reason I found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul was a somebody in prison, believers, and was leading the rampage of persecution against the way, the church. And Jesus Christ d demonstrated his patience, perfect patience. Out of 1 Peter 3.20, who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while an ark was being prepared. How long did God wait from when He said He was going to judge the world to when He actually did? Somebody got that in years? 120 years. Yeah. He said that man's days will be 120 years. That's what He meant by that in the context of Genesis. 120 years from when He told Noah until he actually destroyed <coughs> the earth. And by the way, what did what happened in that 120 years? What do we know about how God was being gracious towards man during that 120 years? Noah was preaching. Noah was preaching. Yeah. And I also think that Lot was preaching in Sodom and Gomorrah because there's a, a text in the New Testament that indicates that he, actually it's in, the, it's in the Old Testament, like this guy that's uh, disturbing us, like he came into their midst and was presenting a different, different uh, teaching than what they were used to. Romans 2.4, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So it's God's patience and kindness. Kindness will be fruit coming up here shortly in our, in our study. God is called the God of patience or perseverance in Romans 15.5. God is love, 1 John 4.8, and love is patient. So therefore you can say that God is patient because He is love. 1 Corinthians 13.4. Talked about a couple of these, but what are some examples from Scripture that illustrate the patience of God? Abraham. 
think of Jesus teaching the same thing over and over again, and he gets to the point of how long mm-hmm. must I continue, which is, I think, a sentiment that several of us can feel, especially mm-hmm. as we teach others, teach children, teach whomever. Yeah. I've done this already. <laughs> but hey, he's so patient in it, and he continues. Yeah, we're, we can see us and our children, right? Got to teach them over and over again, and God has to teach us. Mm-hmm. Patiently wait over and over. I think of Peter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Patient, patient. Peter denies him, but he still restores Peter. Patience. I think the apostles in general, they just really, they were pretty self serving for a long time. Even though he kept telling them. Yeah. Lord, we got a question. Can you, my brother and I, sit one at your right and one at your left hand? What? Tell this guy to quit driving up. With the Israelites, I mean, they wandered for for 40 years Mm -hmm. in the wilderness. Even though it was that they were slaves for like 400 years. Mm -hmm. One of the premier examples in Scripture that I can think of is God's dealing with his covenant nation, Israel. Mm-hmm. All day long I've stretched out my hand to uh, contrary people. Yep. Yeah. I think that's later in the lesson, Hosea 11.3, exactly. It's, I've just done this forever, you know. And he even calls them your stiff-necked, rebellious, <laughs> stubborn people. time you have one of the the heroes of Israel they they are not they do really dumb things and God is so, so patient like Abraham not once but twice says she's actually my sister you know, she's not my wife don't worry about it and like just patiently doesn't say oh my goodness this guy let's start over yeah um, and does, Isaac does the same thing and and um, just every time that you have like a major like sinful thing like David and Bathsheba, it seems like David's going to get away with it, and but, mm-hmm. and that God would maybe just let him, you know, let Absalom kill him, or, you know. But he's just patient and does uh, accomplishes his purposes with people who require a lot of patience. Yeah, all the heroes of the faith in Hebrews eleven. Look at their lives, you know. It's, they were commended for faith, not for necessarily their character and their their worthiness of the commendations by faith. Yeah, we mentioned earlier, I mentioned Adam and Eve. I just think the patience is demonstrated there during the judgment of Noah's time. You can even think of um, in Genesis 18, it talks about the outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah had come up to to heaven and there was a sense that it had to get so bad. God was, even in his dealings with Abraham, we started out at, I'll spare if you can find 50. And he gets to get down to five, 10, 10 maybe. Yeah, maybe 10. Like there's this, and we're gonna get to that a little later. Um, heart of God is is not impulsive and reactive and 
it's it really is it's incredible. Well, patients define. I pulled this this first definition out of Precept Austin. It's from Macros, which is long, and Thumos, which is anger. So long anger, like it takes you a long time to get angry. Kind of the long suffering. You're suffering injury, but you're not going to get angry about it for a long time. You suffer for a long time. It means to have a long fuse, to be long suffering, slow to anger, slow to punish, to exhibit self-restraint in the face of provocation. That that one personally comes home to me like that's that's a good definition for for myself. And not to retaliate, to bear the offenses and injuries of others, to be mild and slow in avenging. Mm. So it's a pretty good job, I think, of laying out what it means to be patient. And some of these next definitions I did pull from, from Terry Johnson's book, The Excellence of God. The patience of God is that excellency which causes him to sustain great injuries without immediately avenging himself. Patience describes that restraint God places on himself under provocation. I like that, that restraint that God places on himself under provocation. Like when his holiness is violated, he restrains himself because of patience. Now that will be paid for, a wrath will be, it will come, but patience holds it back until the right time. And even as we'll learn later, when he does show his wrath and justice, it's usually less than deserved, and we know that from other scriptures, which again speaks to his heart. Uh, the patience or long-suffering of God is that aspect of the goodness or love of God in virtue of which he bears with the flawed and evil in spite of their long-continued disobedience. Second half of that, Louis Birkhoff. He bears with the flawed and evil in spite of their long-continued disobedience. So where do you see that lived out in our life today? Some of you in here are here in the farming. You may have neighbors who are very ungodly people, but they get the same amount of rain, well, most of the time. <laughs> I mean, how popcorn storms are in Kansas, but um, he sends rain to the just and the unjust, right? He bears with them. He's good to them. He's kind to them. So he bears with the flawed and evil. If you're just to think about the provocations of mankind, go on right now against a holy God. Wow. I mean, there's, there's forbearance, long-suffering, and, and patience. Well, if you read Ezekiel 2, Lord, why are you putting up with this? I mean, really screaming out. <laughs> That's a good point, Ruth. We wouldn't, would we? No. <laughs> what do you mean you're doing that? You know? you got the power to do something about it. Oh, well, he will. But his patience. I like this next one by Stephen Sharnock. God's patience is a property of the divine nature that signifies a willingness to defer 
and an unwillingness to pour wrath and pour forth his wrath upon sinful creatures. He moderates his provoked justice and forbears to revenge injuries he daily meets within the world. And I think that's one thing. In fact, we there are scriptures this because the justice of God and the wrath of God is not immediately shown. Some people think that that's a license to keep living that way and that I can get by with this. I think I've got a verse later that we'll, we'll get to that. But his patience signifies a willingness to defer and an unwillingness to pour forth his wrath upon sinful creatures. Patience is also referred to as slow to anger and long-suffering uh, we've talked about that often referred to as patience with endurance. Uh, there's some other scriptures there that we could could look at, but maybe you can look at those in your uh, personal time. Spurgeon said, God's patience gives him power over himself to restrain himself even under provocation. And I thought that was interesting. God has to restrain himself. Uh, patience does that. Patience is in Christ. It is based on His atoning sacrifice in which all the requirements of justice are met. Jesus paid the price for our stay of execution. He secured the continuation of our lives. Even as God's grace and mercy are ours when in Christ, so also is His patience. Uh, biblical doctrine, MacArthur and Mayhew, patience involves self-restraint that does not retaliate reactively. I think that's where we come in. We're, we react a lot of times instead of having self-restraint. It endures injuries inflicted by others without the need for revenge and willingly accepts irritating or painful situations. So Joe, it might go back a little bit what you were talking about. I think of you know the inward and the outward, like can I really say that um, I might outwardly not retaliate, but what's going on inwardly? You know, so it's an integration of those two uh, to where in my heart I really don't have the need for revenge and willingly accept irritating or painful situations. And later we're going to get to the practical application of how we have to be patient in trials, which really is a sense of being patient with God, who brings trials and tests into our life. And just interesting to think about that for a little bit. Um, we have to willingly accept irritating or painful situations. It's irritating, right? Sometimes to be going through a trial, I want to get out of this. But to be patient and wait upon the Lord to give you the exit. Anybody have any thoughts or comments as I go through this? Well, God is free to execute justice and right all the wrongs in the world when He deems most suitable. Delay is not cancellation. He hath the liberty to restrain the effects of this anger for time without disgracing His holiness or being interpreted to act unrighteously. I thought that was important to put that in there in case somebody's thinking, well, does his patience mean that, you know, he's not holy? Um, he'll, he'll do it when, when he deems necessary. And don't take delay as an interpretation that he's not acting in a righteous way. 
Psalm 103, 10 through 14, He does not deal with us according to our sins. Hands up on that, right? Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Thank the Lord for that. He pities us. He knows our frame. He remembers we're dust. I use this verse, this next verse, several times in this lesson. Lamentations 3.33 For He does not afflict from His heart or grieve the children of men. This is from the book of Lamentations. This is when some of the most severe judgment of God had come upon the children of Israel. And he tells them in a very important section in chapter 3 of Lamentations, I don't afflict you willingly. I don't like to do this. He does not, that's not the heart of God to afflict people or grieve the children of men. Some translations will say he does not afflict, he afflicts reluctantly or he doesn't afflict willingly. Amazing view into the heart of who God is. Well, how is God's patience manifested? Well, He's patient by warning us. Almost always, if not always, God manifests His patience by warnings of judgment before He acts. Over and over and over again. He... Um, one guy said he uses the sword of his lips before he pulls the sword from the sheath. So he's like warning you over and over with his words before he actually pulls out the sword and executes. Perhaps if men will repent and come to salvation. Well, how those warnings says in 1 Peter 3.20 that God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. And as God did not spare the ancient world except for knowing the seven others in his family, Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. He did. 120 years. I'm going to do this. 120 years. Have you guys been to, I know some of you probably been to the ark in Kentucky and it just the the reality of standing at the door of the ark big old door and realizing oh it started raining thundering hadn't seen that before like oh I should have listened he is going to do what he said he's going to do <clears throat> the weeping the wailing that would have would have happened but God warns part of his love and his, his patience. Uh, we could also look at Genesis 18, 20 through 21. There's indications that Lot was part of, of warning the people that this isn't right what you're doing. 
Uh, in Genesis 15, 16, God talks about you're going to go in for four generations or actually 400 years, you're going to be in, in Egypt because the um, Amalekites, the Amorites, I think it is, but it was really, yeah, the Amorites, the iniquity of the Amorites is not uh, fulfilled yet or not full, hasn't come to pass completely. The Amorites would be a, a word for the Canaanites. So he's saying, after this 400 years, I'm going to bring you to the promised land and judgment will come upon the Canaanites. So there was that was known ahead of time. Well, God's patience is also manifested through his reluctance. God manifests his patience by expressing reluctance or regret when he can delay his wrath no longer. And put the, the verse from Lamentations for he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men once again. I think that's also displayed in this section of scripture from Genesis. 6, 5-8. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. He was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor for grace in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord was sorry, he was grieved, he was sorry. We could get, up and get, up and get off on what that means about um, what sorry means or grieved. I think the point here is that this was not easy on God. There was a reluctance to have to judge man in that way. I love Ezra 9.13 which basically says he punishes less than our iniquities deserve. There's another place, and I, I couldn't find the reference on it. I read it recently. Um, even Google didn't help me. I must have been out saying it, thinking it right. But basically, I showed my wrath, but I didn't show all that I could have shown. Ezekiel, I love these verses. Do I have pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord, rather than that he should turn from his ways and live? He asked this question. Do you think I'd take pleasure in killing wicked people, sending them to places of punishment. For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, declares the Lord God. Therefore, repent and live. This gets to the very core of what God's heart is. That's in 18, 23, and 32. And I think that's repeated in Ezekiel 31 as well. Another statement. Patience is that attribute in God whereby he bears with sinners and forbears or defers their punishment or that whereby he expects and waits long for their conversion. It's probably the point of patience. He forbears and defers and waits long for their conversion. There's some other scriptures that talk about Reluctance of God. The one in Matthew is when Jesus said, looking over Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How long I would have liked to have gathered you like a hen does her chicks. But you would not, you were not willing. 
Jesus is ex- expressing sorrow over reluctance over the coming judgment of Jerusalem, which would happen in AD 73. Okay, anybody thoughts, questions as we move along? So God displays all of his attributes all at the same time. He does. Yeah, there's not parts. So what would you say to someone who says he was showing patience, but when he showed his wrath, he ceased being patient? Brock, you want to answer that? So in our Friday morning men's Bible study, I don't want this to discourage you guys from asking questions. What happens? Like we ask the person that asks the question, what would you say about that? Mm. <laughs> it gives me more time to think about it. <laughs> well, I've been pondering about it this entire time. I haven't come to a conclusion. But, I mean, the closest I can come to is when somebody asks about God's wrath, I give, like, the judgment scene where it actually is loving for the punishment to be displayed. Mm-hmm. And when you are in, a, in a, a court system, that actually is a loving act. But I still haven't coincided with my thoughts of patience yet. Maybe it's that he's not, he may have come to the point where he knows that to love you, he needs to judge you, but he's still being patient because he's not straight up killing you. You know what I mean? Like he, he is still not giving the judgment that is fully deserved for that sin. Um, so he's still being patient, patient, even though he is judging because he loves you. I feel like yep. judgment is like revelation. So like he will judge the sin and that will be full. And so I mean, that's patience and So if I'm hearing your question right, it's like he's, he suspends his patience in order to to uh, show his holiness and his wrath. Like, well, patience always, runs out and then... Well, I've always thought of patience as just an attribute, but you've introduced another thought of patience, which is <laughs> wonderful, of how um, it almost can be its own entity and how it reserves or lessens the others, right? So it defers his punishment or defers... So it almost, like, encases the others and holds them back. Um, I just wanted to go back to a previous quote in the, the lesson it, uh, from the excellencies of God. It said, God is free to execute just, justice and right all the wrongs in the world when he deems most suitable. Delay is not cancellation. Mm-hmm. He hath a liberty to restrain the effects of his anger for a time without disgracing his holiness or being interpreted to act unrighteously. Yeah, very good. So I have two thoughts. One would be basically uh, Romans 11, 33 through 36, that passage which said, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. So that's one one answer is like, I don't know. Like you can't trace out. That's what I keep coming to. Um, God's ways. There's, there's still, there's mis- some mystery, and we just don't understand all those ways. Um, this might get to what you're thinking. If you want to look down, it's actually on the last page. It's under the section. Why is God patient? 
One of the reasons is so that it's at the bottom of the second to last page, so that the equity of his future judgment may be seen on the day of judgment, the accumulated offenses will be so great that when the patience when patience relinquishes and wrath is released, God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So I don't know if that's making sense, but there's a sense of patience um, gives you time to accumulate the offenses so that when the wrath is released, the equity of God's righteous, note the, the righteous judgment will be revealed. So I don't know if that helps Emily or not. That's making any sense. Is it right to call it an attribute? Patience? Mm-hmm. Or a restraining of the other attributes? No, I think it's clearly an attribute. Okay. God that's is. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But. Yeah. Okay. I think we've, what we've talked about before when we did like the study of the attributes of God is there is a tendency for us to be like to divide them up and separate them when they're one thing. So when God demonstrates his wrath, it's a patient wrath. And it's like mm-hmm. there's, there's a, and it's not really, it kind of goes back to the mystery of, of God and we don't quite understand it. But there is, is a blending. There, there's not a way to, to take out his patience. And it's, it's, it's not that when he's wrathful, his patience ran out. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't have any more. Yeah. It's in his perfection. He's doing everything right and doing everything um, perfectly. So, like, and like the patience too. I think the thing that I'm that's really standing out to me in all the all the quotes and the definitions is um, when I think of patience of God, I think, well, it's easy for you to be patient, God. Like you're you're not going through this right now. What? Then that's really a a a, <laughs> a terrible uh, thought that that these acts of rebellion or offense are happening to me and not God. Mm-hmm. Where God is the one enduring all of these offenses day after day, moment by moment. And he is the one whose patience is, that makes his patience more amazing because even in my things, when people are um, offending me, they're primarily offending God. And mm-hmm. it's easy for me to forget that and to think, well, yeah, I mean, God, of course God's patient. I mean, he's God, you know, but I'm not. So why, why do I have to be patient? There's, that's a very self-centered view, whereas in every offense and every sin, God is having to bear with that uh, in, a, in a much stronger and deeper way than I am having to. Because of his holiness. Because of his holiness. And yeah. love, yeah. period. Well, that's a good question, Emily. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I like it a lot. love talking about the, the attributes and it's encouraging because we're going to have eternity to ponder it. So, you know, it, it was just making me appreciate that even more. <laughs> I have um, years back have thought about think about God and his attributes, patience, all of them. <clears throat> Which one do you wish he didn't have? You think about that for a little bit and you're like, that's scary. Like, God is so complete and it's, they all work together to make him who he is. And without patience, boom, you're done. 
that without holiness, there's never any right or justice. I mean, you just think about, I, I wouldn't want him to be anything other than what he is. Praise God, including his patience. So even though I don't understand the complexity of the question, you, you know, I can't get to the bottom of that necessarily, how that all works together. I'm just glad he's everything that he is. I wouldn't want any, uh, what if he wasn't eternal? What if he wasn't faithful? Like, maybe he isn't really going to forgive me of those sins back there. I mean, all of that works together. And so, I don't know how he figures it out in his mind, but I trust that it's good and right. It's a very rebellious teenager thought. Like, I wish my parents were more right. whatever. That was, yeah, maybe that was, came out of my rebellious thought. I don't know, it's years <laughs> back. Like, no, he's just, I'm glad he's exactly everything that he says he is. Take one of those attributes away, it'd be, yeah, that's why they're all one. You, they're, you, they're not parts, they're all one. So, I think we'll not try to hurry through this. We'll, we'll pick this up next week. Why is God patient, I think, is where we'll, well, yeah, kindness, though provoked. Uh, and some thoughts from, from the book that I might share. So we'll pick up last part of three, part four, next Sunday, Lord willing.